everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, where I show you a bunch of stuff you possibly have never heard of, and that's just kind of how I roll, because why show you the stuff everybody else talks about? So, <laughs> that's kind of the spirit of this thing, and I tell you what, this is going to be super awesome for me. This has been a long time coming. I've been trying my best to figure out a way to get with this guest somehow, somewhere, and it finally happened. And I'm talking about the one and only Richard Glenn Smith from Hello, It's the Doom Show. By the way, if you haven't listened to that podcast, you got to. Because you think, uh, you keep hearing me talking about how much I love the Italian stuff. This guy writes books about the stuff. <laughs> What's happening, man? Don't worry, folks. Self-published. <laughs> Don't be intimidated. You can do this, too. <laughs> no, I'm. all I can say... Right at the top of the hour, folks. Well, at the top of the first hour. I mean, God knows how long we're going to go about this one. But we got Ricky and Dickie starting some shit tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I was Dickie in high school. Really? My, one of my, uh, I had many nemesis. I had nemeses. Uh, he's like, wait, your name's Richard? People should call you Dickie. And he might as well have said it over the megaphone <laughs> of the school because it caught like wildfire. So I was dicky forever. Dang. But yeah, it's it's your. I'm glad to be here, man. This is really I'm st stoked as hell because yeah, we've been talking about doing something yeah for a while, long time. And what better than to talk about some Mario Bava slash yes. slash Lamberto Bava? Really? Oh when yeah, you, when good you... old good old Lamb Bava, the son. Yeah. By the way, not, the, as, far not as, the, as popular as far as the name you were talking about in school, of course, you know, again, with Rick, you get everything, right? You get oh, yeah. Ricardo Montalban, you get Slick Rick, you get Rick yeah. the Dick, you get um, Rick Springfield. I was in I was in uh, grade <laughs> school just in time for people to call me Rick Springfield. See, I got Rick Ocasek. You got the cooler one, actually. Ah, ooh, <laughs> more popular? More popular. Yes. Cooler? No. <laughs> Rick Ocasek. I would have. I would have known who that was as a kid. Like I knew who the cars were, but Rick Ocasek and the tumbleweeds would have been blown by what? <laughs> cool, man. So here we go. We're going to talk about from 1977, Shock or Beyond the Door Part Two, <laughs> whichever you prefer. Italian greatness from Mario Bava. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure you've got some insight on this that I don't, but you got Daria Nicolodi in this. Okay. And, I mean, come on. I mean, she is royalty at this stage. 1977, she's a big name at this point because of all the Argento stuff. This is just the heyday of the movies we love, man. Yeah, and she was an it girl. She was like this like sought-after actress just because she was so hip. And yeah. so cool, and every every movie she does, she's so cool in it. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt at all that she is insanely beautiful in this one. Yeah. And really giving it her all. And I imagine it was for no money. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this uh, this was good old uh, Mario's second to last um, yep. movie. Well, this was his last theatrical movie he did a, a tv movie called i'm gonna mispronounce this one called the venus de il it was uh, a little uh, spooky ghost story based on uh, some literature and i finally watched that this year huh. and it's so good it's so good and she's also just that was a couple years after this hmm. oh, ravishing ravishing wow yeah you also got john steiner in this I mean, from from Tenebrae, I Man. mean, that's what I love about these movies, because it's kind of a revolving door of just using the same people in these movies, and I never get tired of it. <laughs> what's even weirder, I, I do love John Steiner, but what's really weird about this movie is, since it was called Beyond the Door 2, yeah. it was the, the sequel, quote-unquote, to uh, Beyond the Door, the notorious one of <laughs> one of many notorious Exorcist ripoffs, and the connection between the two is freaking David. What's his name? Uh, let me get this right here. 
David <laughs> Collin Jr., who plays Marco the Kid. We'll really? talk all about Marco. We'll talk all about him. <laughs> he was in both movies. He's the connection ah. beyond the door in this. And I that I can't process that. Because <laughs> and they're both Italian productions. But, right. Well, I hate to but, tell you, but he's right behind you, so. Or is it like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I purposely chose him. Uh, yeah, let's just talk about Marco right now. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, the movie's about um, Daria Nicolodi. Her character has remarried. She's very wisely married John Steiner. Yeah. And her son, um, freaking Marco, he's he <laughs> seems happy about it. He, he likes having a, a new dad that's an airplane pilot. He thinks it's really cool. But he immediately gets possessed by the ghost of her first husband. Yeah. Because they moved into that house. They should not have moved into that house. Big mistake. Yep. Yeah, it um, seemed like she was going through a lot of recovery here. You know, she, yeah. she's had some issues. She's a professional concert pianist, I'm kind of gathering. It, I mean, I, there's there's a piano in the house, so dude, she she could have been a freaking arc welder or some shit. I would have believed it. She's such a capable, strong woman. Uh, but yeah, her psychologist is Ivan Razumov, who yeah. uh, was in a ton of Giallo movies. Yeah, and just he played um, Satan. Speaking of Exorcist ripoffs, he played <laughs> Satan in uh, the eerie Midnight Horror Show, which is. Uh, one of the worst exorcist ripoffs. I'm throwing a lot of the quotes tonight. Ooh. Sorry for the air quotes, folks. <laughs> if, you, if you've got like, if you're triggered by air quotes, they're going to be coming back a lot. <laughs> Drinking but, game. You know, I, <laughs> every time I fall off those fingers, take a, drink, <laughs> take a drink. Quote unquote drink. Drink. <laughs> but Marco, he, he, he embodies his, his he becomes the embodiment of his dead father who still lusts after his dead wife, dead wife, alive wife. Yeah. And sorry, I just went ahead and did a spoiler there. That's but, right. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's totally trying to make love to her in one scene as a kid would understand where he's just on top of her grunting. Like, <laughs> but people throw that Bob from House by the Cemetery thing around. Yeah. Where, oh, Bob ruins the movie. Bob's the worst kid in Italian Warrior. No. Yeah. No, no. Marco um, and the kid from what's that one that's just a nightmare child? Oh, man. Um, well, the kid from Beyond the Door which is, uh, yeah. again, the same actor. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's terrible, and it's the same kid. <laughs> yeah, I think Marco could eat Ooh. Bob's lunch, man. <laughs> Dude, Bob is like one of my favorites because people just shit on him all the time. It's so bad that the the actor, all grown up who played him, has shown up on extras like, that wasn't my voice. <laughs> I, that was uh, a woman dubbing me. And yeah, so I, but yeah, Marco is. He just dominates this movie, and it's. I understand it being a deal breaker for folks because it's almost a deal breaker for me. Yeah, it, I mean, it gets a little, it gets a little uh, heated at times, man, and and it's amazing because we have seen this story many times now. I mean, there's you know the Prodigy, yeah. all these other movies that have come out that oh, yeah. are exactly this movie, but it still doesn't oh, yeah. quite do what this movie does. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, um, it's got a lot of Baba and, and not just, oh, yeah. you know, the son, uh, good old Lamb Baba, as we call him on the Doom show. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of his. He's put out a couple of stinkers. Yeah. A lot of people have written him off completely. I definitely don't. Um, he did a movie called The Torturer, hmm. which was him taking the whole torture porn thing in the early 2000s seriously and going, oh, <laughs> I'll make a hit movie. And then he made this disgusting <laughs> giallo with lots of torture, like nipples getting ripped off. And I'm like, no, no, stop. <laughs> Little Baba Jr., don't do it. <laughs> Little Baba Jr. <laughs> oh, my God. He did uh, He did a remake of this called Ghost Son in 2000, maybe 2006. It's not too bad. That have Dudley Moore in it? I mean, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it's Ghost Son. <laughs> No, it was, it was Ghost Dad with a freaking <laughs> pudding pops. No, um, 
Ghost Sun is like the he just took a crew out to I think it was South Africa and just made this script again. Wow! And like you know, years later, uh, but that it walks that fine line of how much did uh, Papa Baba do versus Papa Papa Baba do Papa Baba do <laughs> Papa Baba Duke versus like what Lambaba brought to the table because if you watch um, Lambaba's first film um macabre, macabre. His first di- yeah his directorial one very similar films yeah. Yeah. very similar lots of annoying kids like you want mm-hmm. but no this has a lot of the, the his dad's style in it thank goodness yeah and you got all this set up I mean, again bava was daddy bava big daddy bava <laughs> was really good i mean he's the king of atmosphere right oh, he really man. knows how yes. to take this house is just a typical kind of 70s looking house but there's such a sense of dread that he brings to it he's, he's just oh yeah it's it's amazing and i know that lamberto gets a lot of credit for a lot of the shots i think it's that like I said, I've got it wrote here. It's like passing the torch, right? He was trying to yeah. bring Lindbergh in and get him going, and but there's still such great atmosphere and it's and it's things that really even shouldn't be scary, but it kind of makes you go, you know, it's just the way it's put Whoa. together. Yeah, real weird. The 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 low budget means limited sets, so you got to make the best use of what you got, and that basement. Yeah. The, the, or cellar, whatever you have, what do we call it? The the stairs leading down to it is practically a character. Yeah. Um, the shot of her, uh, of Daria Nicolodi in her, her nightgown, standing at the top of the stairs, backlit, oh, creepy. Yeah. Like, oh, that that's would, a that shot. I was going to say, but... <laughs> mm. I've got something. <laughs> wow, wow. It's just so incredible. I, yeah, the, um, the, the weird shit, too, like the box cutter. You got the flying box cutter. Flying box cutter. The big ceramic hand, you know, <laughs> that's hidden in the couch. I <laughs> hate like... <laughs> That hand should just smack Marco. Just smacked him right there. <laughs> oh, my God. The, uh, and then you have the touches that are just so insane. Uh, my favorite is during one of the many hallucinatory moments where she's uh, having a, a dream about her husband visiting her erotically yeah and instead of just having her get all like horny they strap her to a bed strap the camera to the bed and then spin with the pov of the camera so it's just her hair floating around her head while she's lasciviously licking her lips skin about it too so god it's so good what's weird about that scene is um our our good old homie michele soave yeah um he did a tribute to that scene in a movie he did, I I want to say 2012. I cannot think of the name of it. It was a it was a thriller about um, I think a girl was trying to get away from her drug dealer boyfriend, or she had a drug problem. I forget, but the only scene from it that had no subtitles, it was just slapped onto YouTube years ago, was the main character having this like drugged out dream. They uh, strapped her to the bed. They strapped the camera to it, and it <clears> spun. And so her hair was floating in her face. And I'm like, yeah, giving tribute to the master. I'm like, oh my god, I love it. Well, I brought ah. up the the prodigy earlier, which I thought was a pretty decent little movie for what it was. I already knew what was going to happen because I saw the trailer and I saw what people talk about the most in this movie, which is the popcorn shot. You know, where the kid is in the hallway and he comes running yes. up, and when he gets to the mom. Yeah. It, I mean, it's still such an incredible shot. I, uh, they put that in the trailer, which uh, I am so relieved that they didn't, for, for shock, that I didn't see the trailer before I saw that. Uh. Because, you know, I, I love Italian horror, folks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when was the last time I was scared in a jump scare way? very i can't even remember but that one i you know however many years ago that uh, blue underground dvd came out yeah um when that scare hits in the hallway man lightning shooting through my yeah. freaking veins like oh yeah like, man yeah so uh, but, clever and it's all done you know it's it's just a setup camera shot 
And yeah. when you see it, I mean, in your mind, you you kind of figure out how they did it. But it's just the fact of nobody had done it before. Nope. And that's what he was so great at was creating these shots that really hadn't been pulled off before. And it was still super low budget. He, he was just the master of making things happen yeah. with what little you got. Yeah. And, and that what's what's really weird about the whole setup, you know, is he was so sick at this point. He was getting, I mean, he was ancient. Yeah. And, you know, he'd had a lot of health setbacks, which, and he'd had a lot of, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Career setbacks because, um, Lisa and the Devil was a big debacle. Yeah. He, he did. He did Lisa and the Devil, and the the release for it was paltry. Like mm. some people got to see Lisa and the Devil in America, and some people in England got to see it, and then they just said, "Well, it's not going to make any money. Forget it." Pull the plug. Then yeah. Exorcist came out, and they said, "Hey, remember Lisa and the Devil?" <laughs> Could you maybe make that an exorcist movie? And of all the Italian exorcist movies, that is the one I hate because I'm such a huge fan of Lisa and the Devil, yeah. and I, it, I just don't. Yeah. So for yeah. The, the, yeah, like he's saying, if you don't know, I mean, they went back and just recut this and entered all these scenes to make it more of an exorcist movie, and it's obvious that these scenes don't go with the rest of the movie, but. <laughs> Which are some interesting scenes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to get too much away about that because I may end up talking about it sometime. But right. you think this movie's got some weird sexual things? <laughs> nah. Please, than the devil. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, he did Rabid Dogs. He yeah. did his crime film that um, also, uh, I think the producer dropped dead from a heart attack or a car accident. So that didn't get finished until 2005 or 2008. And that's the other stinker in Lumberto Baba's career. He tried to follow his dad's notes and shot some scenes yeah. to integrate into the original footage. So you've got this movie from 1975-ish with scenes from 2005. And Yeah, the only movie that's ever worked on is Grizzly 2. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I need to see that. I've still never seen Grizzly no, 2. Trust me, it doesn't work. <laughs> Dude, I would have believed you. I'd have fallen believed like all Rabbit, right. Rabbit Dogs is a masterpiece com compared to Grizzly 2. Just saying. Well, you know, that's that's the thing. Rabbit Dogs as it was, the work print that you can actually watch that doesn't have any of the 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 Lambava tomfoolery is a solid movie and I don't you don't you can't tell it's a work print. Right at all, it just it just looks like a great movie. Yeah, uh, harrowing though it may be. So yeah, uh, good old Mario Baba was having a, a tough time, and this was going to be the big success. I don't know if it, how much money this movie made, but um, you could just feel like you can almost not feel. I mean, you could feel anything you want. You can like hear the meetings between him and between Lamb Baba and Papa Baba, where he's like, Dad. Get this cool progressive rock band. <laughs> They're called Goblin. Uh, of course, Goblin's busy doing Suspiria right now, but we can get like the drummer and the guitarist maybe, and we'll we'll, we'll use this the rest of their sister band called Libra. Yeah. And so this soundtrack for this quiet little weird <laughs> movie is this bombastic Suspiria. <laughs> Freaking lots of percussion, and um, I think it's a Mellotron. Yeah. Like one of my favorite instruments on the planet because um, they've got that voice where it's like all those, uh, it's like a choral singers and strings right. mashed together, and it sounds really inhuman, which got to be a Mellotron. Right. <laughs> so I mean, cool. that's the first thing, you know, going back and revisiting this, and when the music kicked in, I was like, crap, I forgot about this music, man. And it's, it's actually really killer. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> it just blows the doors off of this little freaking, you know, movie they made for 500 lira. <laughs> so cool. So you got all these things happening in this movie where obviously Daria Nicolodi's character has had this trauma in the past where her dead husband has died. Yep. And she's dealing with the past so she's being haunted by this ghost if you want to kind of look at it that way but like you said then the the son starts doing all these weird creepy things where he's talking to p 
people that are not there and swinging things in swings and there's nothing there or the swing swinging by itself and he's just watching it and just randomly walking up to his mom saying mom i have to kill you yes <laughs> yes and then he he has like supernatural powers so john steiner's flying a plane yeah. And he takes a little toy plane and puts it on the swing and starts swinging it. And then you, you cut to John Steiner and his co-pilot like, this plane's going down. How do you make it stop? <laughs> People so slamming good. all around in the plane, you know, flopping around. It's like, you know, you expect to see <sighs> James T. Kirk in there, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. That might have been the same plane that uh, Lisa was on at the end of Lisa and the Devil. She was like, TWA, you suck. <laughs> God, uh, love it. But yeah, I mean, and, and Bruno's trying his best to hold all this together because he knows he's got a nutcase wife. He's got a little creepy son that is okay from time to time. And I really like how they try to pass it off as a good, wholesome, everyday family at the beginning of it. And it just gets crazier and crazier as it goes yeah. along. And she's starting to see things that aren't there. She's almost being killed by storm windows dropping down and almost chopping her head off. And and storm windows, apparently in Italy, is totally different than storm windows here. <laughs> Made of freaking adamantium or something. Like, that thing comes down. I was waiting for the cinder block under it to crack. Exactly. It's like terrifying. And the God. thing is, is it, it, it implies so many things, but you're still not sure because... You know, Marco is looking over at the strap that's holding that thing, and he's just looking at it, and you see yeah. it busting apart. So you're like, well, is he just watching it, and he's going to let it happen, or is he making it happen? Yeah. Pretty oh. cool. And and then you got the, the whole ending is is so amazing the, the, when it all gets revealed what happened. Yeah. You know, the, the wall, she has a vision of the wall in the cellar bleeding. You have this, like, freshly... What looks like uh, freshly laid um, bricks and mortar down in the basement. So yeah. you're getting that freaking uh, Edgar Allan Poe vibe from right. it too. And just everything culminates in, a, you know, not like, not like Tenebre levels of bloodbath or anything. Because um, I, I just immediately think of John Steiner. Sure. Um, you know, in that movie. But the blood, when it finally hits, yeah, it's like that weird ass not human blood that you get in the 70s movies just pouring out of the characters and it's like oh yeah this, <laughs> so, is, this is what I've been waiting for yeah the fact of all this is happening and the protective husband you've got you know her psychologist that's coming into the picture from time to time to check on her she even takes Marco to him and he's drawing pictures here's me and mom with a a you know a post dough hole digger through her head and I mean it's just like oh well the kid's fine you're the problem <laughs> I'm like what clearly <laughs> I mean he's got pictures of him getting out of bed with you and turning his back to you oh, oh man it just means he wants attention I'm like what <laughs> this guy's been a child psychologist for four months well, they call me the rookie around here. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! So it's all this stuff is building up, and and it really does a good job of keeping you questioning what you're watching. Yeah. And when you get towards the end, I don't know if we're there yet or not. What other things have we not talked about before we get to the ending? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, we talked about the flying box cutter. Yeah, which is just it, she goes down in the basement, and this <laughs> it's almost like. 3D. If this movie was made for 3D, this would definitely be the scene, right? Because oh, yeah. it's the box yeah. cutter and it's just coming out going. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about the rotting corpse of her husband hanging out. So yeah, she has all these visions of his hands. His hands are really nasty. Uh, they're, they're always creeping. She she trips over uh, a rake in the yard. Oh, and yeah. Flips around and stabs her in the foot. When she looks down at it, it's not the rake. It's her husband's claw, uh, fingernail digging into her leg. Yeah. Um, he's he's He looks like one of those half-assed hippies. It was <laughs> yeah. like, kind of like when the Beatles were like, oh, we should grow our hair out. And the first like year of that was just terrible. <laughs> right. He's got this 
disgusting blonde mustache, which I can relate to because my mustache kind of disappearing right now in his life. But yeah, his visions of him and one of the things uh, Mario was known for, I think he used this in every movie, was he had this piece of warped glass that he would wave in front of the camera while he was filming stuff. And so every time we see her, her deceased husband, he's always all warped and strange and not quite there. It's like, um, hey, honey, I just came back from being on tour with the Almond Brothers and thought I'd come back and haunt your ass for a while. <laughs> I was a roadie for Graham Parsons for six months. Ruined my marriage. Now I got the dope in my arm. Oh, yeah, of course, the drug paraphernalia is yeah. uh, lovingly captured because, of course, uh, her ex had a little bit of a drug problem. Just a little. Just a little, so much so, yeah, just so much that he was starting to give it to her too, right? So he loved her that much. Yeah, yeah, love. That's when you want to share every experience together. Yes, yes, (laughs) honey, is this pastrami off? You try it. Try this black tar heroin, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The kick for you, like really? I don't know drugs. I don't know. Do you see the dragon? No, yeah. my drug experience is, is uh, when Simon and I did uh, the Idle Hands episode, and I Googled uh, nicknames for marijuana and <laughs> slang for pot, and we had a, a very lengthy discussion about uh, Purple Sticky Punch and uh, Ancient Thunder Lettuce and uh, you wow. know, sitting on Pete, sitting on Pete's crotch. That was my favorite <laughs> slang for smoking weed. I'm never going to not bring that up. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to anyone named Pete who might be listening. <laughs> See, well, I'm, I'm kind of in the same category, but I'm even, I'm even a little further. It's like right now, I'm assuming you're having a nice little lager there, a nice beer. I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. Oh, this is water. Is it water? So I'm wasted. All right. Extra yes. buzz for you. That's right. Hey, Henry Miller, he had a whole paragraph in one of his books about getting drunk on water. So, wow. I think maybe he was poisoning his body by drinking too much water. But, well, my point is, is I think you're even more educated on drugs than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I got a degree. Yeah. I mean, the heaviest thing I've ever had was Vicks Formula 44D back in the day, you know? (laughs) That stuff would mess you up. Man, I, I had that for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you got you got Dario Nicolodi getting injected by one of the Almond Brothers, and she snaps. And for the longest time, the story is is that he overdosed. You think? <laughs> hmm. But as the story goes along, we're finding out more and more information of, uh, you know, he didn't want to come back and haunt her. Because he needed another fix. <laughs> he wanted to come back and haunt her because of what really happened. Right. And so yep. what really happened was that old box cutter came out. And I don't know if she was chasing the dragon or what. But she ended up killing the dude. Yep. And then her boyfriend at the time, or her friend at the time, comes over and finds him. And he's the one that throws him in the wall, bricks it up. Which is funny to me because how can you sell the fact that he committed suicide and all this stuff when <laughs> there's no body, right? <laughs> yeah, they. it's so weird. The, uh, the whole thing was he wanted them to live in the house just because he still needed to dig the body out from behind the wall. <laughs> right. So she didn't even remember that she'd killed him. Right. So she hears something in the basement and... He's down there with a pickaxe. Very unfortunately, he should not have picked that. He's down there with a pickaxe digging a hole in the wall to to get his body. And you know that didn't smell good. Right. But uh, he foolishly reveals to her what he's doing. And she goes wide-eyed, apeshit crazy. Yeah. And an unattended pickaxe, she takes it and just plants it in his chest and that is like, oh, man, that's just 
when does John Steiner not get murdered in a movie? <laughs> he has the worst look, man. <laughs> and then you know, then of course the the the, the haunting gets worse. The poltergeist activity oh, gets yeah. worse. Where yeah. there's this giant armoire, armoire, armoire. And this giant dresser is like, like coming after her like a freaking uh, a Dalek or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God! Yes, that's right. <laughs> Beyond the door, too. There you go. <laughs> so uh, she she finally succumbs to this uh, the will of her dead ex and uh, decides to join him by slashing her own throat. And uh, it's like it's not like a convincing effect, but it's just after everything you've been through, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> not and, Daria. And the way that it's set up too is. You think it's actually the ghost hand at first coming at her with the knife coming up to yes. her. Then you just see a shot from here up. You see the hand go to her neck, and then when it backs away, you can tell it's her own hand. So good. It's pretty clever, see? man. Very clever. I love it. And what we didn't talk about, how about Marco's Robert Smith doll? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that Dude. thing, man. Is that the one? Yeah, he rips the uh, he the, rips the, 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 vocal, the talking. Yeah, but it's a slinky. It's a slinky. <laughs> so they have the slinky going down the stairs, going. Wah, 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 yeah. I mean, don't. <clears throat> there is no shortage of weird, inexplicable shit from all Italian horror. There was not. I don't think there's a single Italian horror movie that doesn't have something totally batshit crazy yeah. that you can't explain yeah that's exactly why i started it. this show i started this whole series this whole show off with contamination right because of the exact same reason you know oh we got aliens and we got eggs but we don't have aliens coming out of eggs we just get you know people egg juice explode. on you people exploding i mean and that's what oh i love about God. the italian cinema man because even if you don't care for the movie, you are going to see something in it that you don't see anywhere else. Yep. That is my one of the first Italian horror films I ever saw was uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena. Oh, God. I saw it as, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw it as Creepers yeah. in 1980, around 1988, 1989 when I was a kid. And that'll stick with you. You don't, yeah. you don't forget that one. Man. And then when I got really into Italian horror, the one of the first ones I ever bought was the beyond. Oh yeah. Which yeah. has like everything like, like, uh, what are you doing in here? I'm looking for keys. <laughs> like, I just, like, you know, you get the, you get the whole sequence in the beyond where the dog is running out the door after the blind woman, the blind woman is, she takes off and runs without her seeing eye dog dog trails behind her, his big balls <laughs> swinging in slow motion and I'm like yep they were trying to breed that dog and I'm, I'm glad that I'm getting to watch this and now in HD well, you know oh. Fulci's a whole different world man yeah oh yeah especially with down and out Fulci when like Enigma where oh. shit got even weirder we just oh, covered God. it I covered it with Court Psyops just a couple of weeks ago yes insane insane man <laughs> Uh, but one thing about this movie is it's there is a copy that they sourced from the old DVD on Shudder right now. So if you, anybody uses Shudder, you can watch Shock. Yeah. It doesn't look great. Um, yeah. But the Blu-ray has been announced. Awesome. This movie is finally getting a Blu-ray because I'm not, <laughs> I'm trying not to upgrade everything I have because it's ridiculous. Yeah. But my eyes are getting old, so I appreciate <laughs> Blu-rays now more than ever. <laughs> and Blu-rays, I'm kind of I'm, I'm okay with, but here's what blows my mind. And I just showed this to my wife earlier today. I was scrolling through Facebook, and they're bringing out a 4K version of Alligator. And I'm like, you know, is that really necessary? I mean, I love the movie, but I don't know that I need a 4K version <laughs> of Alligator. I, uh, I, I put my foot down. It was I was very late to the game with Blu-ray. I was like, no, 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 this is bullshit. And then my buddy Brad over at the Doom Show was like, you need to see Halloween and Halloween 2 on Blu-ray. And I was like, whatever, dude. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there staring at the leaves 
all the scenes <laughs> in the daytime before Michael Myers even gets cooking. Yeah. When when Jamie's just running around with her buds, and I'm like, oh, this is Blu-ray. I yeah. thought I thought they just tinged everything blue. But uh, 4K, I am like, I'm like, yeah, financially, I returned the first 4K TV. I returned it because I couldn't find the way to turn off. I've turned off motion smooth. Everything looked normal. But then I put in a DVD. Yeah. And I was watching a DVD of, um, I know you like this one. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you like this one. Time Bandits. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah I, I was assuming you're a Time Bandits guy. <laughs> I uh, I'm watching Time Bandits and it looks like it's on fast forward. Yeah, yeah. Because DVD it, and all wasn't the, translating. Yeah, and it just jerking you around. It's just like yeah. yeah. Uh, Next day, brought it back. Fifty dollars less. I got <laughs> a plain old HD TV. Put on the same movie. I was like, oh, thank God, this looks normal. And I love that TV, but I'm like 4K. If I didn't still have, you know, 700 DVDs. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and just the fact of, you know, Excalibur, Star Wars, big epic movies, I understand. Totally. Yeah. But Alligator? Alligator? <laughs> oh, I got ticks. Uh, my, my pal sent me ticks to review for uh, EuroCultAV.com. That's a plug. There you go. Um, he sent me ticks, and I got my heart sank because it said 4K on it. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Opened up the case. And I was like, oh thank God there's a there's a Blu-ray in here. So I just full out when I wrote my review, I'm like, folks, don't got the 4K. Sorry. Gives <laughs> me review. I mean, I appreciate the 4K scans of these films, but that's great. Any restoration work people are doing that isn't invasive yeah. is great. But right. look, listen to me, old man here, like getting my walker. <laughs> On my hover round to talk about how I hate 4K. <laughs> Get that out of here. Me and my hover round, we got a real good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I forgot to even mention kicking this thing off. I mean, you're a musician. I'm a musician. That's another thing that we got a big bond up, man. Gyro Jets, Dude. man. Oh, man. That's that's my band. We are mixing our next EP. We're actually mixing. Pardon, my nose is just like crazy. That's all right. Just, it's the cocaine. I mean, this, yeah, man. <laughs> I was I switched from the black tar heroin to cocaine for this discussion. I want to be Just professional, like <laughs> bring the energy. No, um, yeah, we got we mix. We have a new EP coming out. It's called No Nukes. Uh, we thought it would be a real like you know like a soft softball game. Like, what's the political statement that will not will not offend anyone except nuclear bomb enthusiasts? <laughs> So we're, we're talking shit about uh, nuclear bombs, and there's a line in it where my drummer who sings. Do you know any drummers who sing? Do you know any any drum? This guy right here. Uh, there's a there's a there's a line in the song where he goes, um, uh, "Got your hand, got your finger on the button, or up your butt, man." And right when he says "up your butt," I go. So we might actually cause nuclear war, but That's we're going to try to stop it. Class. Yeah. Something erotic. Yeah. No, we're real excited. It's taken forever. We finally got a bass player and my buddy Sam and I, it's just the drummer and me on yeah. guitar and singing. And we are so slow. So what's the worst thing we could do to just bring our productivity to a complete halt? Bring in the third person. That's right. <laughs> My Another friend. person to go, yeah, I, I can't do it today. I'm uh, sorry, I'm busy. Right? I got a kid, and we're like, ew. <laughs> no, my, my, all my bass player friends are like, oh, bass players just slow the band down. I'm like, it's not it's not the bass. It's, it's, no, it's us. We're just, you know, we've been together for almost 10 years. Wow. And we have the material of a band that's been together for five months. Like, <laughs> it's taken us forever to do anything. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, but when inspiration hits... We've got another song. We're up to seven. Exactly. <laughs> we wrote uh, we wrote uh, this part. We're going to play this part four times. And then we start rehearsing it and we're like, whoa, let's play it three times. And then we're arguing over whether we played it four or three. And it, it's... I, here, here, just real quick. I've never learned anyone else's songs but what I've written. Wow. In my life. I've been playing guitar for 20 years and I'm so self-taught and so broken that my buddy's like, dude, let's do a, let's do a Ramones song. I'm like, 
dude, yeah. So I'm watching Ramon's song, like guitar playthroughs on YouTube and going, What's he doing? How, how do you do that? It's two chords, maybe three if you're if you're a fancy Ramon song. Right. And I don't understand it because you can't separate the guitar from the Ramones without Joey, because everything is Joey. Right. It's true. All the lyrics and then <laughs> The songs are there to propel those lyrics, and they're listening to his maybe. And I'm like, no wonder I've never learned a song that someone else wrote. <laughs> and I'll write songs that are way more complicated. They're so stupid, but they're way more complicated. But to this day, I can't play Happy Birthday on a guitar. I can't play Smoke on the Water. I played Smoke on the Water by accident one time. And then my friend's like, dude, that was funny. Do it again. And I'm like, I can't. I'm just so, all those guitar lessons. I took bass lessons, guitar lessons, trumpet, trombone. Not the only thing I didn't get lessons on was drums. Forgotten everything. <laughs> so, Nothing. Are you a Garth Marenghi fan? Have you watched Dark Place? I love Dark Place. So, is one of my all-time favorites. Your, your statement just while I go just was such a Garth Marenghi. I'm probably the only author that's written more books than he's read. You know? <laughs> oh, man. You know, when you read my books, you'd think I was doing that. Like, you'd think that was how I do it. I've read a lot of books, unfortunately. Oh. They just don't translate to my stuff. <laughs> All right, so we just totally abandoned the movie, but that's okay. <laughs> I thought that's what we were supposed to do. Yes, yeah, it's part of the plan. It's all coming together. Boom. So Boom. Oh, also, you know, this is, uh, IMDb likes to play tricks on y'all Giallo fans out there. Um, this now has the tag, Shock has the tag Giallo on it, on IMDb. Which opens up a whole thing yeah. because I am really liberal with those giallo definitions, but even I'm like, yeah, this but is, there's a there's so much J and B in this movie. That's the other oh, thing yeah. all these Italian movies got in common is they have J and B Scotch whiskey. Absolutely, I had someone defend that stuff to me. Now, if an investigator would have came in the house with a sandwich in his hand, then okay, it can be a giallo, but we're not there. <laughs> Are there three hookers warming their hands by a fire? <laughs> it's not a giallo. You know about that? Uh, is, is there a, a horrendous gay stereotype character that, <laughs> like, you know, kind of prances on the screen? And you're like, ah, oh, Italy, you guys are funny. Oh man, no, this is. Th but um, this has a case of J and B in it. That's they were trying to like prove something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say about this one, man? I mean, this is one of my first Italian horror movies when I literally knew I was watching Italian horror, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd seen Gates of Hell and all these other ones, not knowing what they were, right, at a young right. age on VHS. This one I literally went after because I'd been educated on the Argento stuff. So this was early on in my Italian run of films. And I still love it, man. Yeah. Uh, this this doesn't crack my top ten or anything. Yeah. But um, when it's the right time, like for this movie, it hits so hard, especially with that 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 weird color palette that it has, and those that that like claustrophobic set and the just I mean unending creepy weird shit reverberating off that kid. Yeah. And then it, and then it all just comes together so nicely at the end. Um, yeah, I, I I adore this one. Awesome. Hey, hey, pretty much every movie you mentioned earlier, Phenomena, The Beyond, yeah. all of those open if you want to come back and talk about some of those. So, I'm totally down. You yeah. know, I'm I'm diggity down with that. Yeah, that's we'll, that's. We'll get us a game plan the, together for those. <laughs> this is just the piece of the the iceberg, the, the tip of the iceberg for Ricky and Dicky start some shit. That's right. <laughs> I guess start another show called that. We'll be good. Hey, I'm, I'm infamous for starting shows and doing three episodes and stopping. So, you know, maybe we can do that. <laughs> yeah, your your pastry review show. I'm still waiting for episode four. Crepes. Ricky takes night of the crepes. <laughs> I was going to say Ricky takes a bite, but no, <laughs> Night of the Crepes. That's it. That's, see, that's why you're the you're the idea guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it. It's like George Carlin said, I'm, I got a lot of ideas. Problem is, is most of them suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, take the time. 
tell everybody where they can find everything. I mean, obviously, you and I are Legion Podcast bros. Yes. But tell them everything you got going on, where they can find everything. I'm turning you loose. All right. Oh, thank you. Uh, hello, this is The Doomed Show, is uh, the show on the old Legion podcast. Um, I've got over at doomedmoviethon.com. You can check out the archives. We've also been doing this show forever, so uh, not prolific enough, but uh, we you know, we started this back in 2011. Uh, Brad and I were like listening to our, what would become our sister show, Nashy Cast. Yeah. And uh, we were good friends with them, or we told people we were good friends with them. <laughs> and then we started our own show and it's, it's just been going forever. And then I had some, my buddies joined, Jeffrey and Simon joined up. Mm-hmm. And so we've got uh, by accident because most people from other countries don't return my calls. But uh, Simon is actually a real British person who will <laughs> record with me at bizarre times <laughs> so we can uh, have some discussions of films like Shock. We, we did a great episode on The Church. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Michele Suave, where the... Suave. The, oh, my God, that guy. Yeah. The line, uh, don't keep me waiting on those onions, Herman, <laughs> uh, came from, which I immediately added to our theme music at the beginning. Right. I love I love that line. Uh, yeah, I also do uh, a YouTube channel. It's Doomed Movie-Thon at YouTube. I've been trying to do uh, like bi-monthly. I'm really, I love neglecting my YouTube channel as much as possible. Uh, I've written some books about uh, cinema. I've written a book called Giallo Meltdown, a movie-thon diary, where I watch way too many movies in a row. I don't uh, do it smart and watch a couple movies a night. I like to schedule these grueling uh, movie thons which the older I get the shorter they get so like now it's 13 movies between Friday night and Sunday evening whereas back in the day um, one time one time I did 18 uh, Lucio Fulci films in 48 hours so nine movies Saturday and nine movies Sunday and it, it ended with me doing shots of J&B uh, my TV broke in the middle of it, so we had to get the tiny TV out. So I'm watching House by the Cemetery, scribbling notes on a notepad in the dark while doing shots of J&B. It was uh, crazy. I mean, after a while, uh, yeah. those, those movies have to start running together, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it's anyone's lit. Why is Fulci dressed like know. Elmer Fudd? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just... You know, and, and watching all these movies in a row is like something I would do anyway. But to sit there and then take cohesive notes <laughs> or write entire chapter. I wrote just two weeks ago. I did. Uh, uh, I started doing Giallo Meltdown 2, the second mm-hmm. volume of the book. <clears throat> and I did 13 movies. And I, I started on Friday night, like I always do, with my wife's netbook, just click clacking away while watching the movies. Wrapped it up on Sunday edit it on Monday and then had it ready to put out by the following Monday. So like a week and a half I did. <laughs> and I'm going back and reading it now like, hmm. <laughs> 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 I should have worked on that. But yeah, Giallo Meltdown, A Moviethon Diary and Doomed Moviethon. Those are both my Moviethon books where I, where I destroy my brain. And uh, one day I watched um, one weekend I watch nothing but uh, Elvis movies. Wow. My, my wife and I, we, we picked uh, our, what's that phrase? Our eyes were bigger than our heads <laughs> yes. or something. We picked 25 Elvis movies to watch. And I had a the worst uh, sinus headache I've ever had in my life. So we only did 17. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those weirdos who's like, oh, Elvis music. Yeah, that's, that's good. But Elvis movies. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like, speaking of movies that all run together. Yeah. It's the same like, thing I, over and over. Wow. I can tell yeah. you the bad ones, like, easily. Um, Harem, Scarem. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from all the horrific racial stereotypes in that one, uh, he also has terrible pants. <laughs> they gave him these, like, sultan pants or something. It's horrendous. Uh, but then the, the other book I have called Cinema Somnambulist is, uh, it's hard to pronounce <laughs> and that is my blog I've, I worked on the cinema somnambulist blog for years and years and I just took all those posts mostly nostalgic stuff like you know the, the being too scared to rent um, 
what was the one? What was the? Um, it's coming back to me. It's the Blood Feast director. He did the one about the, the painter who was using blood to paint. Uh, oh, uh, it's in the Blood trilogy. Folks, you know what I'm talking about. It's got the picture on the cover where the, the, the guy has his little paintbrush and this woman is eviscerated hanging from the frickin' uh, wall and he's using her blood to paint his masterpiece. And uh, the video store I went to at that time was called Video Extron. It was a, a very small chain in Florida and they stunk. Like they had the weirdest smell in the store. <laughs> that smell plus that eviscerated woman was making me nauseous. I almost threw up. I didn't throw up. Wow. It would have been a better story. I've still never watched. Color me blood red. Okay. Boom. Still never watched it to this day. That movie scared me so bad. So there's actually a little entry in the book about how I've still never seen that. Wow. So yeah, those three are all on Amazon.com. And uh, the last thing we talked about, Gyro Jets. And I have a, a YouTube channel that's all about uh, me goofing off with guitar pedals, which is how I got into music was because I like gadgets and stuff. Yeah. That's called The Slow Wizard. Uh, my friend nicknamed, that was my rap name for a while. <laughs> he na- My friend named me after the villain in the video game that Tom Hanks, as a little boy, the kid yeah. character plays in Big. He's yeah. like... Defeat the slow wizard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> or my friend was saying I was mentally challenged. But either way, it all balances out. But dude, I just want to say I really appreciate you having me on. This was a great oh, time. It's fantastic. And thanks for man. letting me let me thanks for letting me do the promo dump of all my crap. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, again, I, I want to have people on here, and I want them to go and see what real good shows are like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Check these guys out. Yeah, I mean, it's just a launch pad, right? So, yeah, man, anytime I can find somebody that loves these movies like I do, this is just a, a win-win situation. So, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. We'll do it again. My thumb is, my, my thumb is disappearing in the thing, but... <laughs> it's yes. Marco. Marco bit it off. Oh, my God. I got Marco. (laughs) Richard, I'm going to have to kill you now. (laughs) Please do me a favor, Marco. Jeez. All right, man. Again, appreciate you coming on. Hell yeah. Folks, we will check you later. Adios.